What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story, everyone's story matters. What's your story? As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. I'm excited to introduce my guest today. His name is David Hayward. He is widely recognized as the Naked Pastor. Graffiti on the Walls of Religion. David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, Shane. Good to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. I was we were talking a little bit beforehand, and I had just learned of you um, through one of my friends and and one of my podcast guests, Janelle Pauls, and she's I'm a sorry. She, <laughs> she's a she's a big fan <laughs> of yours and a fan of your art, and yep. uh, you kind of reached out to me or you know posted like, hey, I do interviews, and I was like, cool, let's do this, and I've been learning more about you, and I'm really excited for this this uh, conversation. Cool, me too. So you go by the Naked Pastor on Instagram, and and that's kind of your uh, on your website, right. and that's your that's your name um, on the yeah. internet. Um, yeah. I like I wrote down, you know, you kind of went in a little bit more on your about section on on Instagram, and it says, like any graffiti artist, I use my images and words to challenge the status quo of religion, and to offer hope for those who struggle and suffer under it. And I really love that. I think that's great. Do you want to just maybe okay. go into that a little bit more about where the name came from um, and a little bit about, you know, the back, your background, I guess? Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, naked Pastor, a lot of people are asked that question. That's also in my um, fact, you know, yeah. FAQ. With, uh, but uh, the reason I call myself Naked Pastor is because I wanted to write a blog from a pastor's perspective. I, w- I was a pastor of a local congregation, and um, I wanted to just be honest, vulnerable, real, raw, yeah, uh, and just tell it like it was, um, let people peek behind the veil and see what really goes on in the life of a pastor. So I use the word naked pastor uh, as one word, naked pastor. Don't Google naked and then pastor because <laughs> you'll see things you, you can't unsee. But... Uh, um, yeah, so naked pastor, one word, and um, yeah, it just it just you know kind of described what I was trying to do. So yeah. along with the honesty that I wanted to communicate in, like the raw honesty, I wanted to really tell it like it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it popped into my head um, of graffiti because I don't just write; I I draw pictures as well. Right. And and um, I just thought, well, graffiti artists on the walls of religion. Yeah, I love thought it. it was a good way to describe what I do. And and um, you know, a lot a lot of people might think graffiti artists are defacing property. In one way, they are. In another sure. way, they're they're they care about these things that are going on enough to communicate their unrest and their their questions. Mm-hmm. And, and um, to challenge, like I said, to challenge the status quo. Yeah. Try to get people to think outside the box. So that's what I try to do on my blog. That's awesome. Vulnerability and authenticity, it's dangerous, especially as a pastor, <laughs> which is uh, it's sad to say in some ways. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, when I, I was a pastor, like for yeah. like about 30 years, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I was actually telling my story and mm-hmm. people would respond you're you're not allowed to think like that yeah <laughs> and i'm like well um you know here's a news alert i'm a pastor and i actually do think like that so yeah. you have to somehow figure out how those two fit together mm-hmm. and and uh so that that experiment of me just being honest i think um and getting you know, criticized for it, judged for it, um, silenced for it, all that kind of thing. I think it developed uh, an ability in me to get even more honest Mm -hmm. and maybe a little more daring in the things I would say. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And just so, so people know, I mean, 
yes, you were you were a pastor, but you have a bachelor's degree in Bible and theology. You have a master's degree in theology studies, uh, in New Testament, a diploma of ministry. You're ordained right. to the ministry. You've served at local churches for uh, right. about thirty years. Um, I, I like you put in one of your questions. It was so basically you studied the Bible inside and out and love to help people yeah. and. So like you're yeah. you're no slouch. You're not coming to this just as some some guy off the street. Even if you were, that's awesome. Um, but I, I think that that kind of speaks to the level of you know you understand what you're saying and you understand you know the the words that are coming out of your mouth and um, uh-huh. what it means. You know, right? That like yeah, like I I I like to tell people that you know especially people who want to argue with me about what the Bible says. Yeah. And um, I want them to know that I, like you said, I'm not a slouch in that department. Like I, <laughs> I, I took the Bible very, and still do, by the way, uh, yeah. very seriously, studied it inside and out. I took years of Greek, years of Hebrew, a yeah. year of Aramaic. You know, I, I did the whole, <laughs> I, I did the whole nine yards. And, yeah. And um, so when I, when somebody comes at me with, you need to read the Bible. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, it's just very frustrating. It's a head scratcher. That's why I put it in my FAQ. Yeah. You know, please read my FAQ. I, I, I have read the Bible. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and I do know what it says. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I touched on it a little bit before we got recording, but I was a youth mm-hmm. ministry major in college, um, you know, being quote trained or, or taught to be a, a youth pastor. Um, right. My background is I, I grew up in the church. Uh, my dad was a pastor for 18 years and uh, he eventually left the ministry himself. And I oh, yeah. still went into uh, that, <laughs> that, uh, that area of study uh, nonetheless. And uh, it was right. about my junior year of college when um, you know, some of the verbiage that you've used is the deconstruction when I, when I began to kind of deconstruct my faith. Um, and right. if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, you've heard me talk about this, but, um, the, the question it, me and a buddy were talking about, you know, mm-hmm. religion and, and God, and, um, it was actually God and war is what we were talking about. And, you know, we had been reading some books and whatever, and we were just debating about this at, at the lunch table one day and I had my own side of things and he had his and whatever it was. I honestly couldn't quite tell you what exactly our conversation was, but the end of it, he goes, but why do you believe that? And it was that question that threw me into the destruction, the deconstruction of my, my faith in so many ways. I didn't have an answer at the time and I have no shortage of words usually. And so that threw me off just in and of itself. And, uh, Eventually, it came to the conclusion that it's because that's what I've always known. That's what I was taught. That's what I was told. And it wasn't mm-hmm. what I believed. It was what I I had just known, you know. And uh, so yeah. I I started deconstructing. And, and I feel like in more recent years, um, I've been reconstructing in some ways of kind of just building that foundation of what is it that I do believe. And, um, uh-huh. you know, went through all the, the different... Uh, those different stages. I know you have a YouTube video on that too, is like deconstruction of uh, just deconstruction in general and uh, kind of like the emotions and you go through grief and you go through all these different things. I found myself, you know, eventually giving myself permission to not go to church. And that was one of the biggest like breath of breath of fresh air, you know, it was just this weight off my shoulders that I'd finally given myself permission. And um, I, I find myself today just did this, just a different place and and just i think that faith and religion i think it has a place in this world i think it's important for some people and you know i, mm-hmm. I think we both agree that you know i know you wrote down uh that love is the only answer and i really agree with that as well and um continually going back to that drawing board and saying like man right. it's, it's love and loving people <laughs> and if that's what you mm-hmm. believe and that's what you want, like if that's what makes you a better person, if that makes you love people better and deeper and greater, then then okay, like that's fine, like be that. Yep. But we need to continue yeah. to love. Right. Well, 
you know, your friend who asked you that question, uh, I don't know if he asked you that accidentally or if he knew what he was doing or if he's very <laughs> wise, because that's a, a really excellent question. Yeah. Why, why do you believe that? Because a lot of people, their immediate response would be, would be well, because the Bible says kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's just, uh, but they don't examine that their minds they don't examine their thinking and uh the fact that you that that question did that to you is really quite amazing actually you know because that that is the crucial question why do you believe that and the answer always will be because i've been conditioned to yeah right and it it's it's such a good question i i mean i that why question in general is just one that kind of permeates. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very important question in my life these days. I, you know, there's several books. I read a book, uh, Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And, you know, it's more business-minded, but it, it it permeates through just life in general of why, asking the questions mm-hmm. why. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why do I respond the way yeah. I respond to certain situations? Um, and and yeah. like you said, oftentimes it comes back down to that's how I was conditioned and kind of breaking those conditioned right. thoughts and processes and, that's a, it's, it's vulnerability. Yeah. It's being authentic and being true. And that's something that I really care about, about myself. And something that I really strive to be is the most, most authentic that I can be. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that being authentic is important in life. And, you know, yeah. the church and maybe you can speak to some of this as well. I think that's maybe, you know, as I kind of stated in the beginning, an area that the church isn't so welcoming um, with. It's this preconceived, this uh, this idea of what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to be and that, you're, that mm-hmm. you kind of are above um, the humanistic thoughts of, of the world and, and those doubts and those challenges and those things that you go through. And even as a pastor, Uh you know, I saw it with my dad, my dad and I still have some of the most in-depth conversations about this. And it's, it's not been something that, you know, he's even stopped thinking about or let go of, you know, it's, it's something that permeates his life. It's something that's very foundational to who he is. And um, I think when we start to see each other as human beings and, allow people to ask questions and create a safe environment that we can, we can foster just a greater understanding for one another. And, and in a lot of ways, that's what this, this space right here, this podcast and crazy face, Uno and what we're trying to build and create here is, is that, that everyone has a story. Your story really does mm-hmm. matter, you know, and mm-hmm. um, that it doesn't matter what your story is. It still matters. And, and it's part of who you are and we love you anyway. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I I totally totally agree. Um, authenticity. I've come, you know, I've I've always believed authenticity is a beautiful thing, and that we all should be authentic, and we all should be in you know relationships and families and communities that yeah. encourage it and support it and everything. But we learn pretty quickly that, um, and not just in the church, in society in general, yeah. we learn pretty quickly that authenticity isn't uh and the expression of it isn't as welcomed as we would like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like it's 100%. We're, we're slapped on the wrist pretty quickly and they to fall back in line i think it's a um, defense mechani- mechanism though you know i think it's this defense mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. are like forced to actually confront their own feelings and emotions sometimes and it's like whoa yeah you know yeah, because uh, well, one of the things, like I have an online community called The Lasting Supper, and one of the things, our value, one of our chief values is that we respect one another wherever we're at, it's, and that's mm-hmm. what we value most, is mutual respect, and we listen before we speak, and we don't give advice unless we're asked, and mm-hmm. um, so as a result, it's a, basically a community for people who are deconstructing, and so... We have a wide diversity of people, all the way from atheists to church-going believers, and even pastors and ex-pastors, yeah. and and agnostics and so on. Yeah, and it's so diverse. And there's over 200 members in in our group, and nobody's the same yeah. because we encourage people to be themselves, to be authentic, 
And the result is a very diverse community, mm-hmm. which is rare. Most communities want homogeneity. They want everybody to, to be the same, yeah. um, to subscribe to the same beliefs, to subscribe to the same lifestyle. And uh, as a result, you end up with a very homogenous, uh, you know, kind of vanilla um, community and feeling of community, yeah. um, which, you know, you, you cannot you cannot deviate from the, from the norm, right? So mm-hmm. you have to maintain the status quo. Yeah, what do you... But, uh, I think that creates very boring, very boring and lifeless and even deadly, uh, you know, community. I don't even want to call it a community. Yeah. Where I think the healthiest community is diverse, very diverse. I agree. And, and I think it's that it creates the, you know, when we talk about Christianese words, you know, these like these catch lines and whatnot. I think that's what comes from that vanilla like community, you know, especially within the, yeah. the Christian church, you just get these, it's that answer. Well, because the Bible says so, you know, it's, it's that yeah. answer versus yeah. actually thinking about it and digging deep. And I, I have my own yeah. idea or thought, but you know, because you of this community that you've created, what do you think is necessary to foster a healthy environment like that? Um, well, like I said, the people, when they come into the community, they, they need, they need to understand, they need to know right away that the, our, one of our chief values is authenticity Yeah, and that we mean it. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody, every community says, we encourage you to be you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you, you learn pretty quickly what the parameters are, mm-hmm. where the lines are. And, um, so when we have a new member, I, I have to give them time to just get used to the fact that, hey, I'm not getting judged. I'm not yeah. being corrected. Nobody's giving me advice. I can just rant, share my story, and people hear me. And that's it. Yeah. There's no ramifications. There's no punishment. There's no you know retaliation. There's no nobody stepping in to try to get me to fall back in line or to, yeah. you know, the evangelizing, balance. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very liberating. And once people catch on and realize, Hey, this is real. Uh, they realize that such community is not just a dream, but a, a reality. Mm. And they just, they learn how to um, treat others with that same kind of mutual respect and mm. uh, create, you know, those kind of communities themselves around themselves. So it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I, that's how you've got to do it. And I did, I did that in the local church here before I left. I left the ministry in 2010. Yeah. But, uh, the, the community I had, uh, like locally flesh and blood, um, not online. It was the same way you could come as you were, you could question your beliefs, our beliefs, you could be straight, gay, transgender, whatever. You could be, um, you could ask, you could question the, you know, the theology of the Trinity or the, yeah. you know, you could question, you know, things about the Bible and, and people could, they thought, oh yeah, I bet, sure. And then they would test it and realize, hey, it's true. Yeah. And, and, and people could actually really, start their personal journeys of exploration and figuring out how they wanted to believe and how they wanted to live their lives and who they wanted to be and, and so on. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's beautiful. You know, once people realize it's, it's real and possible, then it, uh, you know, they, they get comfortable with it and, realize it's a real thing it's not a pipe dream yeah absolutely i i think maybe what scares people from that maybe you can speak to this because i i wanted to get to kind of your your view on christianity what it means to be a christian um but i think that that idea it challenges in some ways it it confronts or comes face to face with the uh you know like the fundamentals, the foundation of what some or what the 
the conservative Christian church sees as being a quote Christian or what that means. I know some friends of mine, you know, we're, we've all been kind of dealing with this coming from a conservative Christian uh, college and kind of all been dealing with our own faith journey and what that means for us. And, you know, one of my buddies, he, he says, well, when people ask me, you know, are you a Christian? I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? And, and like, I, it's made me really think of, it hasn't left my head since he said that. Cause I'm like, I don't call myself a Christian anymore. And like, that's just something I've said. But now that he said that, I'm like, okay, I get that. But like, what is it? I don't even know if I know what it means to be a Christian anymore. And, um, right. so I guess with all of that said, what, what do you define as a Christian? Can you define it? Should it be defined what are your thoughts on Christianity in general or, the, you know, the, the doctrine right. that you've came from? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know this is a deep one. Yeah, man, that's a, yeah, you <laughs> threw me in the deep end there. Uh, yeah, um, I get the same question all the time, Yeah, you know, on Instagram and wherever. I'm on all the social media platforms, but I get, I get this all the time. It's like, are you a Christian? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and are you really a Christian? Yeah, you know, and you know, and you know. By the way, they're asking the question. You know, right off the bat, you're in trouble. <laughs> and um, and so, I, I like to say, look, I I grew up Christian. It's in my DNA. Yeah, it's my family of origin. Yeah, you know, I've I've moved out of the house. Yeah, but it's still my it's still my kind of family. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I also say, uh, you know, my, my home is in Christianity, but my, I have cottages everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That, that drives, that drives people crazy because, you know, it sounds syncretistic or universalist or yeah. whatever, but, um, you know, Christians were called Christians by others first mm. in the new Testament. We learned that, right. Uh, yeah. That, uh, they were, it was a label applied from the outside. Mm-hmm. And that's where labels belong. They belong on the outside of the can, not on the inside. Mm. And um, they're always applied by others. And I have a lot of cartoons <laughs> around yeah. that. Yeah, and, definitely. And, you know, I, I've given up on attempting to label myself. I don't worry about it. Like when I yeah. come to that place of mind, I know I'm okay. I do not worry about what I am. Mm. And uh, I, I leave that up to other people to, you know, yeah. Um, stress it out about what I am. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they will, know, and they do, I'm sure. And they will, and they do, they do. So <laughs> I, I just, uh, I, like I said, I, 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 I believe, I love Christian theology. Yeah. Um, not all of it, of course, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's rich. And mm-hmm. uh, it's the philosophical aspect of it to me is is very beautiful and when you start getting into like the mystical thinkers and theologians and so on like that that's they're starting to speak my language when you you know get into places like meister eckhart or thomas merton or you know um you know juliana norwich or you know any of uh, any of these people they're, they're starting to sound like language i would wouldn't mind using Mm-hmm. and to describe, you know, my experience. And, you know, in 2009, when I had a dream of a waterfall, uh, it was kind of a Trinitarian um, uh, structure to the dream, you know, like, yeah. a, and I've described this before, where there's the above the rim that we can't see, like yeah. we're at the bottom, and we can't see above the rim. And and then there's the water that pours over the rim, the waterfalls itself, and then there's where it hits the ground and spreads out. And I saw in my dream that above the rim that we can't see is that invisible, infinite source, which Christians like to call God. And then yeah. the, the manifestation of God or the incarnation of God is what Christians call the Christ. And then where Christ, you know, um, impacts the earth and spreads it, over the earth uh, to reconcile all things. That's the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. so I, in my dream, I understood that, but I also understood that 
the Buddhist might see that same thing, but have different words to explain it and yeah. so on. And so when I woke up that morning, I had such peace of mind because I realized there's only one reality with all kinds of apprehensions of it and articulations of it. And it was just such a peace of mind that it hasn't gone away. It's been nine years. And it was like, it was then when I realized, hey, labels don't matter. These are, this is just all just words Mm -hmm. and thoughts that are, we think, divide us. But that's all they are. It's just a thought, just words. Um, But there's just one reality in which we all swim, so to speak. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I try to describe it now. Now, for a lot of people, that's not satisfying because... I'm not using the lingo, right? You know, uh, like when you when you look at a can with the label on it, you look. One of the first things you do is you look at the ingredients. Sure. And a lot yep. of people, when they they try to read me, they can't find the ingredients they're looking for. Right. And uh, yeah, I hate to disappoint you, but I'm very happy. I'm delicious, but <laughs> you know, I just don't happen to have the ingredients that you're exactly looking for, or using the words that you need me to use. Yeah. Um in order for you to feel better about life. Yeah. And it's that label. It's that, it's that, uh, that tribe that we try to like subscribe to and figure out and we want to be a part of or whatever. Right. I think it speaks more to ourselves of our own insecurities of, of like not belonging or whatever that might be. Um, than to, to kind of like really dive into who we are and, and to figure out what, what we are and, and not first like what we subscribe to, but what who are you, you know, as the individual. Well, it's... The yeah, process exactly. of seeking like, it, I guess. Yeah, so your deconstruction was launched because of a certain question or a certain issue. Mm-hmm. My issue was the uh, inspiration and infallibility of scripture. Mm. inerrancy of scripture and what uh, in, inspiration infallibility and inerrancy of scripture i i i embrace that fully all through my teen years yeah all through my bible college all through seminary until the day of my graduation in seminary i suddenly realized that it was like the jenga block tower <laughs> all the whole tower was resting on that one block called scripture yeah and when when that got knocked out everything i believed in crumbled like everything fell. yeah yeah uh, and it it absolutely freaked me out i was terrifying mm-hmm. i didn't know what to do um and it it just complete it was like the floor you know was removed from under my feet and yeah. I was dropped into this dark abyss and I couldn't find the ladder to get out. It was just that unbelievably traumatic. It yeah. was a crisis. And, and I think that's what a lot of people try to avoid. Mm. Uh, that's why we hang on to our doctrines and our ideologies and our words and everything so, so firmly because we know if we let that one thing go, it's like the thin end of the wedge, uh, thin end of the wedge. Yeah, and you can see it start to wobble. That's right. <laughs> you know it's happening. Gonna yeah. go. Yeah, I, I spoke to one of my previous guests, um, Brady Peters. He, we kind of had a conversation. He he kind of had that same thing. You know, it was this identity crisis right. with who he was when he he came face to face with people that were loving people and and different than what he had known and grown up and he had this identity crisis of like am i a christian are are they like are they going to hell Uh am i going to hell that because i you know like whatever all these different things and he kind of had that same thing it was just this like complete identity crisis and has has found his way since but it took a lot of time and and these panic attacks and anxiety attacks that came from that and uh yeah it's it's I think I've had yeah. that, but it's different. It's been a slower process. It's not been that like drastic, like the Jenga, the whole tower fell at one time. It was, I kind of well, took the pieces off <laughs> and then, yeah, well, then got mad yeah, and then threw it, them around the floor. And then, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Well, to be, to be more clear, uh, 
I, I read this book. I don't know why I read this book. It wasn't on any other syllabi or anything. Um, and it was just before, like it was the day I was graduating from seminary. I was actually in my robe mm. uh, to go to the ceremony. And I, wow. I was like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was that. Wow. I read this book and it like totally screwed uh, me up. And then time. 30 more but, years. But it took. Yeah, it was like it was like the crack. Wow, was in the foundation, and I knew it. I saw it, and I knew I was in trouble. But it took thirty years. Yeah, it took thirty years for me to finally integrate that uh, happily into my life. You know, wow. It was like a it was like a, a glacial movement yeah. of deconstruction. But I, I it was you know I, I could feel it. But it's led you to where you are today, and that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I've never been happier. Yeah. I, literally, my mind theologically is at peace, it's at rest, mm. I don't worry, you know, it, it, it's, uh, well, I I worry about life like anybody sure. else. Yeah, I'm, of you course. Know, but what I'm saying is theologically, mm-hmm. it's, I, I was in so much angst for all those years, Yeah. theological angst, and then all of a sudden it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I gave up. Because I did want to give up. I, yeah. I was on the. I was at the point of throwing in the towel, and um, and uh, that's when I had the dream, and I woke up with peace of mind. And it was an integration. It wasn't a rejection. Mm. It was an integration. Yeah, and you you and, write uh, about that a lot on your blog, and and for people right. that are interested in reading about that, it you're, it's called what is it? Theory Z. Uh, the Z theory. Yeah. Z theory. Yeah. yeah. So if you're interested, if you're listening and you're interested in, in about that dream and, and about some of the different thoughts around that, definitely check yeah. out the blog. There's a lot more in-depth conversation on his and, blog. And my book, my book, Two oh, yeah. Questions Are the Answer, is kind of like my memoir. And I, I explain that as, as good as I can. Awesome. Well, I need to do better, but it, that's, that's the best book for getting an idea of where I'm coming from. Sure. Sure. If you care. Yeah, absolutely. Check out the book. You've got several books on here too, and we can talk about those uh, as well. Yeah. Um, but I, David, you are a married man. You have children. Um, mm-hmm. When did your wife come into the picture of your life? Oh man, at Bible College. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Canadian. Yep. And I live in Canada. Mm-hmm. I went down to uh, Central Bible College, a Pentecostal Assembly of God college in Springfield, Missouri, Okay, and Lisa's from Alabama, um, way down south, uh, you know, yep. um, uh, holiness background, and um, she went to the same college, and we met, fell in love, and got married as soon as I graduated. I was 22, uh, and she was 19. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been together ever since, and we have three grown children now. Um, and, yeah, we're, we uh, we were literally on the same page for all those years. Wow, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And then I left the ministry, and then that's when <laughs> we really struggled in our marriage. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was. We'd been married 30 years when I left the ministry. Wow, yeah. And um, we really struggled. Like, that's one of the things I really care about, too, is deconstruction when it happens with married people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a real, I see a lot of marriages blow up, um, and it's a real struggle for a lot of people. And it was for Lisa and I, because we were so much on the same page, and then all of a sudden we started realizing we didn't quite believe the same. We were no longer a, a team um, in yeah. terms of ministry because, you know, I had to go get a real job. And yeah. she, was, she went back to university, became a nurse, um, and, you know, all this stuff was going on. And we had to figure out what was the glue that really held us together. Sure. And it, it, couldn't, it couldn't be compatible belief. That was gone. Yeah. And, and um, we, we came... It took us a couple of years to finally realize that it was just love. You know, yeah. I hate to sound so cheesy and hallmarky, but it's true. It was just yeah. love 
it, love will keep us together, like the Carpenters. Uh, was that the Carpenter? Uh, <laughs> saying, I'm, um, not, I'm not sure. Love will keep us together. Uh, anyway, for <laughs> Captain and Steel, I don't know. Anyway, that it really was love that, uh, and you know, which means respecting one another, giving one another space to mm-hmm. be who they are, to discover themselves however they say fit, how to be spiritual, however they wish, you know, this, this is what love is. So, um, yeah, and we're doing better than we ever have, but it it took, it was, uh, it was a difficult transition. Now, does your, does your wife have the same, um, ideas or quote theology that you do nowadays, or is that still something you guys philosophize about or talk about and, and go back and forth about? Yeah, we talk about, we don't, we don't argue or, yeah. you know, or anything, but it's more like a wonder, um, at one another's spiritual mm. preferences. And, um, you know, Lisa's, uh, she has her preferences. I have mine, but we, we, we do both, you know, come from that understanding that there's one reality. Mm-hmm. She's interpreting reality and apprehending it through her own, uh, lenses as am I, and then she's got her own language she uses to describe yeah. her experience of this one reality. And, and we both, just understanding that creates a very spacious space in which to have healthy conversations and relationships. Yeah. what I know, so speaking to my friend who, uh, Brady Peters, who... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the big things that he came face to face with was, you know, salvation, this heaven and hell and um, like who's mm-hmm. saved, who's not. And, and I know in the Christian faith, Christian church, uh, the fundamental Christian church, that's a that's a big part of the church. And I again, I don't know, but has did she struggle right. with that of like embracing the fact of like, wow, my husband in the fundamental Christian church is, quote, going to hell, you know? Um, or is that a conversation that was like a struggle? Was that something you guys had to really work through? How, how, I guess if it's not, then there's more follow-up questions if it is, but. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, no, it was a difficult time. I mean, because you, <clears throat> when you start drifting away from your previous beliefs, mm-hmm. they're really strong beliefs. Um, it's very, very unsettling. A lot of people, I have a lot of atheist friends or agnostic friends that don't understand how traumatic it is for someone to uh, stop or or question their beliefs or to stop believing something that they might think is completely ridiculous. They're like, well, like, you know, it wasn't all that traumatic when you stopped believing in Santa Claus. I mean, maybe one Christmas might have been a little bit of a downer, but yeah. you know, you get over it and you move on. Like, why can't you just say, yeah, there's no fairies. Yeah. You know, there's no, uh, whatever. Uh, there's no unicorns. It's your uh, identity you know, though. Right. It's that identity. It, yeah, that's they so... don't understand. It's so enmeshed in our identity. Yeah. Our beliefs aren't just thoughts. They are actually, and mashed and entangled with how Mm -hmm. we eat, who we can hang out with, what kind of jobs we can have, what we can watch on TV, Mm. what we can listen to on the radio, how we have sex, how we raise our kids. Everything is affected by it. So I remember lying there in bed in cold sweats, afraid I was going to hell because I didn't believe in hell. Like, How do you make sense of that? (laughs) You can't make sense of that. No. No, and but, so, you know, but I get Lisa it. I, like, we, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, right? absolutely. So Lisa and I, we'd be talking and she'd like, well, do you pray anymore? Like, what's prayer? And I'm like, uh, uh yeah. Like, oh, here <laughs> That's we a whole other thing. <laughs> I, I really don't know. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it, those kind of conversations were really difficult. They're not anymore. But at that time when you're in transition, it's, it's terrifying. You know, it's kind of like Israel when they were leaving. Egypt, you know, those leeks and onions, those, the, yeah. the familiar is so secure and comforting. And, yeah. uh, you know, we really do feel tempted to go back. And I see that a lot with a lot of people who are deconstructing. Mm-hmm. They start freaking out 
and I've, I've seen this happen even to a couple of friends of mine who yeah. are deconstructing and they're like, this is freaking me out. And then they right. go back to an earlier stage of belief and they become even more fundamentalist than they were before because yeah. they do not want to approach that danger zone again. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> it's very scary. I, I, uh, I really, I struggled with a long time and I feel like it's been in, you know, the last couple of years that I've really started to move outside of this, but, um, with, um, I, people that believe and, and believe the same thing, like that fundamental Christian values and, and call themselves Christians and all this of, of being like supporting things that they're involved with are supporting Christian organizations, um, almost as this, that like they're mutually exclusive, that like loving them and not calling myself a Christian is like this, I, I can't do that because I don't believe the same things they do. And um, I've really moved beyond that now. I, I just don't care, you know? And I know that okay. maybe people within the Christian, the fundamental Christian viewpoint, you know, obviously there's a different view from that perspective. But right. I, I just don't care. I think that, you know, I have a a friend who he's Mexican. His family um, immigrated here uh, back when they when he was a child, and he came face to face. We we did a podcast. His name's Jonathan Moya. Came face to face with you know kind of his identity in some ways in his Christian values of like I call myself a Christian. I call myself a conservative uh, Republican. You know, but the the rhetoric isn't is against me. So how, I don't understand, you know, like he's, he's like came face to face in in a lot of ways with his own identity, him and his brother went down to the border, took a, you know, their own little adventure. They're seeking answers to, you know, some of these questions they had and going along the border and into these cities and asking questions. And basically it came out as he created his own uh, organization called border perspective. And it's changing perspective of, you know, people within the Christian uh, church of their perspective on immigrants, migrants, uh, asylum seekers. And I think it's awesome. I, I love it. I, cool. I think it's so cool. And, and I want to support it that. Is. And it was one of those things yeah. where I, I, I quote came out on the podcast as not being, you know, quote a Christian or whatever. And, um, because <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted people to see and to understand that like, they're not mutually exclusive, you know, like I can I believe that in went over well. <laughs> I haven't had too much pushback. Um, surprisingly, okay. I, maybe it's because I'm not. There's not enough people hearing it. I don't know, but um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things. That it's like they're not mutually exclusive. Like I can I can support his cause. I can believe in his cause. I can believe in what he's trying to do. Christianity's not going right. anywhere. But love and right. and acceptance and um, you know this empowerment of of people, the minorities of what Jesus speaks to in the Bible is important and it's real and it, and it needs to be, it needs to be shared. Um, yeah. And so this idea of like this mutually exclusive, like I have to believe exactly what you believe in order for me to support what you're doing or the things that you're a part of um, is a newer uh-huh. thing for me that I'm, I'm, I've been exploring, I guess, more recently. Um, did you ever go through phases like that or is that something you've ever faced or, or thought about? There were times um, after I uh, left the ministry and, um, you know, uh, there's two kinds of deconstructions. One is from, uh, like, theological deconstruction. Yeah. Another one is ecclesiological deconstruction. Uh, okay. And uh, so, so one is where we start questioning our beliefs, and then the other one is when we struggle with our relationship with the Church. Yeah. Um, and they don't... Uh, um, if somebody struggles, has a theological deconstruction, usually it'll also include uh, a church deconstruction. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily happen the other way. When somebody has a church deconstruction, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have a theological one. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I left the ministry, I'd already had my theological deconstruction, but now I was having to work through my church deconstruction and my relationship to the church and believers. Yeah. And, um, I had, it took me a long time to figure that out. And there were times when I was really pissed off, excuse my language, but I, I got angry. I, I became resentful. Mm -hmm. I despised, 
you know, the narrowness and the stupidity of very yeah. fundamentalist, uh, you know, all this kind of thing and the dis- destruction of it, uh, yeah. or the uh, destructiveness of it, rather. And um, I, you know, I had to go through those, like you, I had to come to a place where I realized we're all on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I don't mean, I don't mean autism, I mean spectrum of belief. Yeah. Somewhere, we're all somewhere on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, just to have grace for that, not necessarily I'm better or more advanced or anything right. like that, just that I'm in a different place and yeah. I need to respect where other people are in their journeys too. And, you know, often, like, for example, let's say on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, I'll have some people come at me with uh, really strong hate and, uh, I can, I can, I can just feel it in the words that they're very nasty people. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, you know what? Uh, if you can't be nice, I might have to block you. you yeah. Know, kind of yeah. But then there's other people who come at me who are saying almost the same things, but I can tell they're they're It's a nice person mm. and they're doing their best to be righteous. Right. Yeah. And, and to speak truth. And I can tell, I can tell the difference. And I, I always try to engage whoever comes at me. I always try to engage them in conversation and hopefully come to a place where we, we mutually understand and hopefully even mutually agree. And, um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I used to growth as, uh, uh, linear Mm. where we were, moving along a trail and we'd get more and more advanced the further along we got. And then I sure. thought, no, that's not very good because you leave stuff behind and I, I don't like that model. So I thought of stages Yeah. and I thought mm, that doesn't work either because it implies I'm getting higher and better than other people. So now I think of growth as spatial where we grow outward to include where we've been before. Yeah. So I'm I'm growing out, and it includes all my previous selves and previous manifestations and beliefs and everything. It all gets subsumed into who I am, mm-hmm. and I don't reject any of it. It's just all of who I am. And that, when I treat myself that way, it helps me to treat others the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I like that, and that that kind of spills spills us over into you. You're a very inclusive person, um, you know. United is one. Love is the only answer, and that and that spills into you know some of what society might consider, uh, even the the Christian Church, the fun, fundamental Christian Church might consider, you know, our uh, our marginalized people in some ways, the ones that haven't always been accepted, including the LGBTQ plus community, um, you know equal rights and for women and for um, just humanity and humans and people in general. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You, you do a lot of art uh, that's, that shows the um, ironies of some of the things in the Bible that are said and, and in an effort to include and to show the LGBTQ plus community uh, that they belong. I love yeah. that. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's a lot of what I do. Yeah, um, because for go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I, I go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead with whatever you were gonna say. I, I was just gonna kind of probe that a little bit more. So I, I love that. I think it's really great. Yeah, I, I just love. I know, you know, this is one of those. This is one of those big sticking points. So coming from, you know, like I said before, I, I came from this. Uh, my college that I went to, it's a small liberal arts college, a Christian, conservative Christian school in, in northern Indiana, uh, Bethel University, now Bethel University. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends and a lot of people that, that I ran around with uh, have are in very similar places or on different, you know, like you were talking about before, different areas of the spectrum, a, a different on this line. Um, but all in, in trying to figure out how this fits in with their life due to the people they love and these different communities. And, um, you know, some of these people are, 
are now able to come out and they've found their identity and been able to um, feel welcome and, and loved just by the communities that after leaving that and kind of deconstructing. Um, and I, I have friends, I, I believe that the LGBTQ plus community is beautiful and, and they are who they are, right? This is, they're, mm-hmm. they're human beings, they're people. And um, I can't say that I always understand, but that's not, that's not, doesn't mean that they don't belong. It means that I need to, to do better about understanding and asking more questions and, and helping to uh, remove some of the ignorance that I have. And, um, you know, I have family members, I have people within my family that are, um, are LGBTQ plus, And I, I think it's beautiful. I think your message is really important um, for that community and, and just for people in general, just to, to open their eyes and to think things differently, to, to, to understand yeah. and just to look through a different lens. You know, it, it's not just this like, one way or the other. I, I don't want to use, I, I don't know, just, it's not a, there's multiple shades of gray in, in life and right. where everybody's at. And um, it's not just a black and white issue across the board with whatever issue it is. It's like, you have to look through the different lenses that people come at and who people are. And, and at the end of the day, we have to respect and love and, and everybody deserves that. Everybody deserves love. Everybody deserves, um, to be treated like a human being and like, like they deserve, like they deserve to be like, you want to be treated. It's that golden rule. Like, yeah. Just love people, treat people properly and rightly. You know what I compare it to? What's that? I compare it to, uh, uh, Paul trying to convince the earliest church to include Gentiles. Mm, yeah. I, I saw you. It's yeah. that same dynamic that's it is. happening. And uh, that's why I am, people are like, why do you keep going on about the LGBTQ community? Are you gay? You know, yeah. or uh, why, do you, why won't you shut up about that? Or other people even more malicious yeah. are like, oh, you're just doing that because you know it gets clicks and you sell your prints mm. and all this kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, you can edit that out if you... <laughs> no, I don't care. Okay. You can cuss, uh, you can it, say whatever you want. It's the same dynamic that's happened. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Church, the earliest church had issues with the Gentiles, not because they weren't uh, Jew, not because they weren't Jewish. Yeah. It was because of their lifestyle. It mm. was because of how they lived, who they were. Gentiles wasn't just like, okay, they're not Jews, they can't be admitted. Um, you know, it, it, it went deeper than that. Yeah. And that's why, that's why we see these weird things in action stuff, but okay, you're allowed to be a member, but you can't, you have to, you know, you have to cure the meat. You can't eat yeah. bloody meat. You get, you got all this kind of weird rules just because they needed these people to sort of fall in line with the, what was expected, uh, to, to live and, and I think that's what's happening now with the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Is that we, we want to love you, we want to include you, but you have to stop. Yeah. But it's the but. <laughs> it's, not it's always the but. Yeah, that's right. And, instead of just like, no, we accept you, we love you. You are who you are. You are who you're supposed to be. And, and... Christians have such big butts. Mm, so many. <laughs> so many big butts. Yes. Yes. And that's one of your, isn't that one of your, uh, don't you have a, a a piece of art like with that? No, but I might. Oh, it's the. I might draw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. You should. Uh, it's the left. What was it? Oh, left, left behind. Left behind. Yeah. That's what I was thinking left of. Behind, yeah, I yeah. like that one. No, I don't have a cartoon about big butts, but <laughs> that's a that's a good one. There you go. Now you got some material to work with. Um, Janelle, I was asking her. I was like, hey, uh, you know, he. David's coming on the podcast. Do you have any things I should ask? And this was one of her questions. And so I wanted to ask Janelle, the the gal who introduced me to you. And uh, she wanted me to ask, like, what advice you would give churches that are not accepting or not not affirming of members of the LGBTQ plus community? Uh, I know. Throwing you under the bus again. Throwing me into the deep end. Yeah. I, I have a really good friend who has a ministry 
that um, reaches out to churches to help them um, uh, become affirming, from mm-hmm. non-affirming to affirming. And she said it's a really weird in-between place because the churches that aren't affirming don't want her to come and speak to them. And yeah. the people that are affirming, churches that are affirming, don't need her. Right. Because they're already affirming. So she's in this kind of weird place. Yeah, like a and limbo. Very rare, yeah. rarely do churches come to this place where they're like, you know what, we need to become more affirming. We need to get into professional and somebody to help us through this very difficult process, but this is what we want. Yeah. That doesn't happen a lot. That's mm-hmm. very rare. So, yeah, your question's sort of in that in-between place. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you, my cartoons, I just hope my cartoons are like the, um, the drip, 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 drip mm. that eventually erodes away a, a, a stone. Yeah. Uh, I hope what I'm doing, what so many other people are doing, will eventually um, wear away the resistance to grace and uh, love that's yeah. so prevalent right now in the church. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I agree. And it's the, I know there are, I know there are a lot of people out there, you know, I'm sure there's people on both sides of the spectrum, but um, there are, you know, there are yeah. for oh, sure yeah. pastors out there that do believe that the LGBTQ plus community uh, should be a part of their, their community and part of their congregation. And um I think those are the, but it's, it's fundamentally, it's, it's a, you have to, in order to accept those people, you have to give up everything that, you know, your identity, kind of like what we've been talking about. And I think that that's probably some of the, I'm just assuming, I guess, but I, I believe that there are people out there that are wrestling with that and trying to figure out a way and, um, you know, dealing with that in their own way. And there's a lot of politics in the church, as you know, so. Well, you know, I just read uh, an article the other day, and somebody live uh, live messaged me. They were at this event where Boz Chavidian, you know who I mean? I don't know who um, that is, no. He's uh, uh, Billy Graham's grandson, who's oh, okay. uh, of the, a lawyer, I think he's a lawyer, who um, is an advocate for people who've suffered from spiritual abuse or sexual assault or whatever in the church. Yeah. And he represents these people. And um, he was speaking at a Southern Baptist convention on the weekend and actually challenged them on their treatment of women and and how they've been handling the uh, charges uh, or the accusations of uh, sexual assault, etc., among the churches, which has been really like crazy epidemic. And um, I thought, and she tweeted, she messaged me like, can you... Like, look at this, watch this. And I'm like, holy smokes, this is yeah. like kind of important. This is kind of important yeah. for such a fundamentalist conservative organization, the largest denomination in the world, I think, outside of Roman Catholicism, wow. and um, who actually has somebody standing up front challenging them on their treatment of women and how they've handled their cases mm. of, of assault and, and abuse. Wow. So that gave me some hope. Yeah. And then I read some of my comments and I get discouraged again. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it's like it's just it's kinda like that. There there does seem to be like this tidal creeping of of progress, but then it ebbs again. Yeah. And and it gets discouraging. But then the next time it flows it seems to get a little bit further. And uh so I'm kind of placing my bet on that kind yeah. of progress. I hope so. I think yeah. I think we're moving in the right direction. I think uh you know the millennial generation gets a bad rap, but I think they're good people. I think they they care a lot about the world and care a lot about the people around them and they have big empathetic hearts and I I think we're in good hands. Um yeah. It it still takes this conversation. It still keeps we have to keep bringing this up. We have to keep talking about it. We have to keep pushing that that forward, yeah. but um yeah. You know, I think time is on our side. It's something I I say a lot. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. David, I like to ask people, what are, what are, as we kind of 
close things out and kind of get close to like wrapping up here. What, what do you want people to know about you? I want people to know that I love helping people. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. I, I, you know, I had a lot of people say, you know, you can't call yourself the naked pastor anymore because you don't <laughs> have a church anymore. And I'm like, uh, then there's others who are like, well, you're kind of like, uh, a naked pastor without his church on yeah and and uh you know or i'm an online pastor or whatever yeah and some people say you know you still have a pastor's heart i don't know if you ever heard that expression yeah. <laughs> but such a, uh such a classic you know, the, I, I really i yeah i really do care about people i love people i i really want to help people and one the, the thing i love doing the most is helping people feel validated in their mm. you know spiritual journeys and their identities like yeah. i when somebody like even this this morning somebody wrote me to say like your cartoons and posts have meant so much to me i feel like i'm okay i'm not crazy that i'm actually i'm fine and i you know that yeah. to me that just makes my day yeah that's so awesome that, that's what i'm about i'm not about you know yeah i'm selling my art i'm selling memberships in my community i'm selling this yeah. and that and courses yeah. and books but you know what? It's just to help me do what I love to do, and that's yeah. helping people. I agree. Yeah. Don't stop. Keep going. No, I and won't. and I won't. I really want to encourage you. You know, as well. It's uh, it does feel good. Sometimes it feels like this solo journey that you're on. Um, I know it's felt that way for me. I'm getting emotional even talking about it. But um, mm. Yeah, it's just it 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 has felt at times like the solo journey that I've been on to to get to where I'm at to be in this place that I feel so like comfortable and I feel so happy not not yeah. comfortable in like a comfort way but like I I don't I'm not at war with myself anymore and um, oh, such a beautiful thing man yeah and I, I feel good I feel healthy I feel happy and I'm I'm continually striving to be the best person that I can be and. Um, you know, Crazy Face Uno is, is spurred from that. And I, I want to share people's stories. I want I want this connection. We live in such a digital oh. age and this this community of technology, or this, this world of technology. And we can either push against it and be overtaken by it or we can go with the flow and we can we can embrace it and we can go with it and, and be a part of of where our society is going and, and through storytelling and, and through the future of crazy face, Uno, where we want to tell people's stories and not just through the podcast, but through other, other ways. And we're growing and we're, we're working towards that as we speak. But, um, you know, I want to be mm-hmm. inclusive and to, to welcome in similar ways. It's, it's allowing people to, to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to share their life, to share their experiences. And, um, to connect people mm-hmm. and to see that we're more alike than we are different and um, yep. to empower, to love and to celebrate people. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Like, yeah, the loneliness, that, that that's one of the biggest things people struggle with after they leave the church. And yeah. uh, I totally get it. Yeah. But you know what? Like I've met some, I have amazing friends around the world that I've never seen face to face. I've never been with them yeah. in, in body. But, you know, like conversations like the one we just had, how could it be any better except maybe sitting across the table with a, a beer? Yeah, you know? that would have that's been a, better. That's the only thing that could have made it better. <laughs> that would have been better. But okay. I agree. It's This you is know, awesome. This, this is, is such rich. a great... Yeah, it's so rich. Yeah. And it's necessary. And, and, and that's what I want from, you know, these conversations. I want people to listen and go, hmm. I, you know, like yeah. I went on a similar journey or I really like what they said in that. And, and that's what I get. I get texts. I get messages from people and being like, oh, hey, like... I really like what so-and-so said, or sometimes it's just yeah. my friends, you know, that are engaging, but they're like, Hey, that was really cool. Like I never thought about it like that. And, uh, I yeah. think that there's going to be some, some positive that comes out of this as well. And, and I love that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you're doing a good thing. That's for sure. Thank you, David. Keep it up. I appreciate it. Same to you. How can people, you know, you've got books online, your, yeah. Well, go to nakedpastor.com. I'm there, and it will send you wherever you want to go. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of accounts. Yeah. And I'm on Twitter. I'm on okay. you know, Instagram. I'm yeah. on everywhere. And you just Google Naked, Naked Pastor, one word, or David Hayward, and 
The Lasting Supper, that's my online community. Yeah, I have books on Amazon, okay. and, you know, um, yeah. I sell my prints and art. So, yeah, and uh, I'm really good at responding to people when they reach out to me. So perfect. don't perfect. be afraid or shy to do that. Perfect. And we'll make sure we, yeah. we share your, your handles as well and your website, and uh, hopefully we can get you, you some get you some traction that way. David, thank you cool. so much. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate you coming you're on and, and having a conversation with us. Hey, everybody. Yeah, As you're listening, remember, do good. Make a difference in this world. Um, find those, those ways to do that. The simplest thing of smiling at somebody, saying hi, saying thank you. Find a way. Find a way. Uh, if you have the time and you're interested, go check out crazyfaceuno.com. We have some merchandise. We have some mugs. You can buy a mug to support our cause and support what we're creating here. There's ways for you to donate, get more involved. Listen, like, share. We love you all. Thank you so much. Peace.